The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I am here to radiate self-care with Dr. Sarah Kusera, owner of the Sage uh, Chiropractic Practice. But it's more than that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Sage Center for Yoga and Healing Arts. Sage Center for Yoga and Healing Arts. All right. Well, Sarah is, like I said, is a a doctor of chiropractic and is a certified Ayurvedic uh, practitioner. Did I say that right? Ayurvedic? Ayurvedic. Ayurvedic. I knew I was going to mess it up. Ayurvedic. (laughs) All right. And... um, so Sarah champions healthy practices professionally and personally. Um, she's a licensed chiropractor and a certified Ayurvedic practitioner. And I knew you before you started, you know, like your, no, I think when you were just on your Ayurvedic mm-hmm. um, certification. True. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. quite a process, isn't it? Right, right. Yeah. So my education lasted over the course of a, a three-year um, period, which I kind of spread out a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you spread out a little mm-hmm. longer. So there are different levels within Ayurvedic education here in the U.S., and it starts with becoming a lifestyle um, counselor, which is yes. sort of like uh, recommending different lifestyle changes, mm-hmm. exercise, diet for just people who are already healthy and maybe have small or minor imbalances, mm-hmm. and then a practitioner, which is someone that can work with people who have different diagnoses and use herbs for more treatment. And then I went on to get my master's, which just gives me more education in working with those people. I think that flows so seamlessly with what you do at Sage, Mm -hmm. with the yoga and chiropractic, Mm -hmm. and you also have massage there, right? And then you have even a kind of an apothecary. Yes, yeah. Where you have the herbs and some of the tinctures. Yeah, so our apothecary was really, um, I mean, it's, it's actually all things that we love so mm-hmm. we bring in things that we really want to share. Right. But it also became really essential because when you're recommending things through Ayurveda, you can't find them many places, right? So if, right. if you're recommending an herb or, like, where can you go to get organic mung beans? <laughs> you can't <laughs> find them anywhere. <laughs> they don't have those at the farmer's but market. they do. <laughs> yeah. So, nice. yeah, we wanted to have a place where we could offer everything, so... Absolutely. So if you're recommending something to somebody, you want right. to be able to have to say, well, you can actually get it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to order it online or right. drive to California. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you've written a book. Yes. The Ayurvedic Self-Care Handbook. Right. This right. is the ancient. What, how did you list it here? The ancient art of uh, ancient self-care for modern life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've been a practitioner for a while now. You've been... Uh, practicing the Ayurvedic lifestyle, and so why write a book? I was finding that there was a little bit of a gap in in sort of what was being offered within Ayurveda, both in, I think, in person with, mm-hmm. with patients or clients, 
and then also through different literature as well, so in, in books, and then what's also being portrayed in magazines or whatever publications. Right. And the reason why is that Ayurveda, first and foremost, is a preventive type of medicine. So although there's definitely like a healing side to it, if you have a condition, there there are things that will, you know, or protocols, so to speak, that work to heal those. But the whole idea behind Ayurveda is to really live as long as possible, as healthily as you can. So it's really about being healthy and not getting sick. And so with that, there's a strong foundation mm -hmm. within the system that talks about, you know, how do you do that? And so much of that comes from how we carry out our day. And that's not just, you know, getting all the right exercise in or making sure you're eating all the right things, but it has to do with timing mm -hmm. and, um, you know, making sure that you recognize the beginning of your day, the ending of your day, the middle of your day, yeah. and putting these different practices. So it's not just like, are you eating lunch? But when are you eating lunch? When mm -hmm. are you going to bed? Or yes, get eight hours of sleep, but don't go to bed at 1 a.m. and sleep until nine. It's like, go to bed at 10 instead. And that those right. things are really important. So Ayurveda sort of has this flair behind it because when you learn about this system, it treats most it, it treats us as an individual because we talk about different constitutions mm -hmm. and so that's like the most exciting thing and it's really easy to get wrapped up in um, or excited about you know what is my constitution and I kept finding that this was a missing piece that people weren't talking okay. about what are the practices that we should do every day and what's the timing of that and how does that vary from season to season and when we work with those things first, we often don't have to jump to using herbs or things that are still really conservative, relatively mm -hmm. speaking. But it's also sort of like if, if you're going to have to take an herb, you know, why not just try to get that through In the, your, diet. your diet or, you know, what if just eating lunch at the same time every day solved the whole problem, oh. right? <laughs> so, yeah. right. Right, yeah. and so it gets to be a little dicey when, you're, when your schedule is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what do we do when our schedule is crazy? Because I know my days, no two are alike. Right, and that's actually, I think, probably one of the biggest reasons why mm -hmm. I personally started working with this as a concept, as a foundation, is not just because Ayurveda says do these things, but as I reeled back and thought, you know, what can I do to stay healthier? I was looking at my sporadic schedule. Right. And um, as a business owner and someone that's also trying to take care of myself, but mm -hmm. also I love learning. So how can I also evolve at the, at the same time, right? That's there great. are all these things to do. Sure. And so I kind of looked at how am I doing everything? And mm -hmm. if I see people that are healthiest because they have a nine to five job that they go to, you know, like how many people do you know now that go to work at nine? Right. You know, we don't do that as much because we can work from anywhere. Right. So our modern day has sort of let us have this looseness within our life, which is like kind of nice, but it's also making us unhealthy at the same time. Right. Because yeah. we have to build in our own structure, right. in other words. Right. right. So that's kind of what you're talking about and what I was dealing with too. And I thought, mm -hmm. shoot, yeah. Structure right. has gone, and when I thought, I often ask people that mm -hmm. I see, when were you the healthiest and when were you the happiest? And so I thought about that myself, and it's like, well, it was when I was growing up, and of course, that's easy to say, well, yeah, of course, you were in no response because you had someone to take care of you Absolutely. and whatnot. But I thought, well, if there are things, I don't have someone to take care of me, so what are the things that that, that person did? Mm -hmm. or what was different about my life then and it really was structure you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. getting up at the same time going to bed at the same time eating at the same time and which are all things that Ayurveda says to do it's, yeah those are all yeah. practices so in fact I actually did a little experiment on myself first uh -huh. <laughs> and I think somewhere in the archives of my social media this exists but I did a photo a photo journal of, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to implement this. I'm not getting more sleep, but I'm going to make sure I go to bed at the same time. Right. I'm not eating differently, like the foods I'm eating are the same, but I'm going to make sure I eat at the same times. And I really only changed, like, those couple of things. Yeah. And every day I would take a picture of myself in the morning 
And it was amazing because that is so one of my stress responses wow. physically is that I get kind of like puffy. Like uh-huh. my body likes to retain fluid or water. And um, like the, within two days, it was like I looked like a different person. <laughs> okay, so just from going to bed at the same time. Right. And eating at the same time. Right. That's right. an easy challenge right. that anybody can do. Totally. I was also incorporating a morning walk, but I'll say it's not that that was different necessarily. It's just that, and it wasn't a vigorous walk. It was more like, look at the sky. Right. <laughs> kind of a leisurely just sort of right. thing. And I was already doing that or exercising, but mm-hmm. I just made sure I'm going to do that every morning. Right? Yeah. So I stacked that. So really just those three the things. Same things. Yeah. Right, that's not even a huge change. No, it's just sort of like clearing things out and plugging things back in. I love that. Well, and I wonder how much of it had to do with intention. Because mm-hmm. I do believe that intention is huge. For sure. Right? For sure. But again, those are really simple things that anybody can do. And so um, with all of the Ayurvedic books out there. I hope I said it right. Um, working on that. So with all the books out there, all of the articles, all of the magazines devoted to this practice, what do you feel is, what do you feel was lacking there that your book filled in? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, a couple of things. One is that because Ayurveda is so old, you know, yes. we talk about like our, the first text being written at least 5,000 ago. Really? 5,000 years? Mm-hmm. Wow. And so you think about that and obviously times were a bit different then. Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of the things that were recommended in in terms of what do we incorporate into our daily practice, they seem a little like, oh, okay, you know, we're not going to do that now. Yeah, we're not going to do that, right? but we can start somewhere. So a lot of our texts that are teaching us about Ayurveda, and, and I shouldn't say text because really this is like what's available to the layperson, mm-hmm. still include a lot of that. I know. When I look at some of these books and some of these articles, it looks like it's like that is way more involved than I have time to get into. Right, right. right. So I guess that's one of the first things <coughs> is that I really wanted it to be accessible to people and not just through application, but just through understanding it. Because mm-hmm. it's a different language, it's a different practice Absolutely. entirely. And if you're if you're just speaking Sanskrit and we're using these Sanskrit terms, it's like that's that's one thing you have to learn, right? But how can you learn about this as a system or a practice if you don't even know the language? So yes. I wanted to make that available to people in a way that helped it to modernize without taking away the essence, which is kind of tricky because we can strip it down and and then the next thing you know, it's like you're not really even practicing Ayurveda anymore because you've Mm -hmm. taken the real like juice from it. Yeah. Um, The things that I felt were transmitted through my teachers just by being in their presence. And I wanted that Mm, to still come through. So that component and like I was saying it's just like the idea of what are these foundational things that you could do that maybe take like 10 minutes or less even Mm -hmm. you know waking up at the same time every day doesn't take extra time no it's just shifting your schedule so I think those are the bigger bigger differences is, is considering hey it's 2019 and you know we may not have access to some of these things or we may not have time and how can we still bring that into our lives mm-hmm. without losing what's so rich, like the richness of the practice. Oh, I love that. So you, you took these concepts and simplified them without dumbing them down mm-hmm. and made them more accessible. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Because it so. does get a little complex. You know, I've been looking into this stuff over the years, and it's just like, wow, that it takes so much dedication. And you know what? We were talking earlier about discipline. Mm-hmm. We were deciding what we're going to radiate today. And briefly thought about radiate discipline, and then I said, ah, that's not quite it, right? Because um, sometimes we, and when you're talking about going to bed at a certain time, waking up at a certain time, that does require some discipline. But the average American hears that and says, oh, wait, but you don't understand my life. My life is complex, and discipline sounds like too much change, but really it sounds like it's not. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you, just start small and that's also something that Ayurveda really recommends is that you don't want to tip your 
you don't want to just do a quick like revamp, clear everything out in a day, and you know like empty your cabinets, redo right. your life oh, overnight. Absolutely. Because that creates sort of an internal trauma for us, whether that's physical or, or mental or mm -hmm. emotional. And so the idea is that like just start small, mm -hmm. merge some of these things into your life, and so that takes away some of that rigidity. You don't have to. Right. Yeah. So if you, it's another another thing that I really love about this system is that there's simplicity behind it. And as someone that's practicing, you know, if you want to call it alternative, like an alternative form of medicine, you I'll, I'll, I'll often see people that are either coming to me because they feel like they have seen everyone that they could possibly see and they are just looking for sort of like what's the next what else right. is there? No, nothing else has helped yeah. me. Let me try this. Right, almost like a, a last resort. And they'll sit and talk about their complex problem. Mm -hmm. And then I come back at them with like, let's let's create like a simplistic solution to what you feel is complex because how could it feel good to think that, and sometimes we kind of get wrapped up in our storyline and that becomes our identity and that's a whole other right. story. Right, that's a whole other thing. Right. But why would anyone want to feel like they are complicated or their health is complicated. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing is if you start with one idea mm -hmm. and it starts to change things and you right. just say like, I'm doing this one thing, I'm working on it, like I am making mm -hmm. step towards my health, I don't have to think about anything else right now, just that one thing, mm -hmm. then that slowly gets you know, to be a commitment for you and you don't have to try so hard anymore and then you can add one more thing. One more thing, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this this has been true with several guests we've had on the show mm -hmm. where it's just these small little changes do add up. Right. And, okay, so returning to the subject of your book, the self-care aspect of it. So with all of the well, all of the books out there, all of the practices out there, why, why self-care? Why was that important for you to focus on? Self-care is so important to me because I think that if, I mean, I know there's this idea that almost sounds sort of cliche is like, you know, it, you can't pour from an empty cup. Right, put your um, own oxygen exactly. mask first and then you help somebody else. And right, which is true, but... It's true, at some but point it's starting like, to get cliche. Yeah, 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 we hear that over and over and over again. So it's, it is about that. It is about, you know, if you're a caregiver, you have to care for yourself and feel like you're fully energized before you can give energy. Right. But it's also about, like, what about the things that I love to do? You know, I want to feel good. If, if I want to go for a bike ride, I love to ride my bike. Yeah. I don't want to feel drained at the end of my day and feel like I've just spilled my energy everywhere and not have the energy to do the things that I really love which in turn are refueling me. So I have to right. trip the cycle. And so that to me is what self-care is doing. It's not just like refilling our cups so we can keep giving. It's refilling our cups so that we can enjoy and be present and re really mindful and intentional in everything that we're doing. Yeah, I love that. So if we can just really enjoy what we're doing, we're gonna do more of it and that's going to in turn energize us and the people around us you had a right. when we were talking earlier you had an excellent example of like you love your family mm -hmm. you know and you want to enjoy the time you spend with your family but if you come home at the end of the day and you're exhausted you can't really enjoy that time right right, right. especially in caregiver I think it's true in any profession in mm -hmm. fact if you are in any profession where maybe you're a problem solver or you have a lot of direct reports Mm. That's sort of like having children, right? <laughs> I don't have children, but, <laughs> but, but when those people are coming to you and they need something, yeah. and then you get home and everyone needs something, yeah. it's like those are the people that you really want to give to, but yeah. you can't because you don't have that energy. Right, you're spent. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, just maintaining your energy throughout the day so mm -hmm. you've got more of it, you know. And I've worked with people that that are in that situation and it's like, sure. gosh, I have this great life and I go from my great job that I love and I'm really passionate about to my home to my great husband and I love him and they're like, but I, you know, like I don't have any time for myself. And even sometimes with those people I'll say, can you just even, before you leave work, sit in your car for three to five minutes and just like close your eyes and breathe. When you get home, do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how just stopping and recognizing like yeah. a transition is really like 
fulfilling. I love that. You know, that's an easy thing to do, too. I know that so many times we're just, like, skidding into the next thing, haven't really shifted your gears, Mm -hmm. and just it's nice to shift those gears before you step into the next part. And is that in your book? I talk a lot about transitions, actually. Fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, because I do think that that's something that's overlooked. And... You know, right now we're coming mm-hmm. up on a transition within seasons, and we, if you if you think of that and how that occurs in your life, that right now we're we're preparing to go into fall, right? Right. So yeah. This we're recording this just right. so you know we're recording this in September. It'll come up later this month, but 2019, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're getting ready to. I yeah. saw my first red leaves the other day. Right. Right. Wow. So you get like this internal craving of like oh, we're moving into something different. And I'm using this as an example because that's something that happens slowly, but you still Mm -hmm. really firmly recognize that you have one season and then you have another season. Right. But our lives are exactly the same same way. Yeah. So, you know, if we're wearing certain clothes at a certain time of year, eating certain foods at a certain time of year, Mm -hmm. that's sort of how our day should be too. It's like... You're, you're at work and you're tending to certain things and, you're, and you have to recognize though, now I'm transitioning to where things are slightly different. You're still the same person, right? but your output or how you're interacting with people might be different. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a, that's a very good point. I mean, I think we get so excited when we get a new season. Well, here in Kansas City at least, not every place has seasons, but... <laughs> But here in Kansas City. Although I would say that even though we don't, not every place has a distinct season in right. terms of, like, where it, where it is, like, extreme. Like, we're in extreme We really weather, are here right? in Kansas City. Right. So I think every place sort of has a season. If you think of, like, San Francisco, mm. they're, like, it gets hot in the, I think October is, like, one of the hotter times where really? it's, like, we're getting cooler in Kansas City when it's right. in October. So they, even though that weather sort of is the same all, most of the year, mm-hmm. there's still a sort of a season. And the other thing, too, is if you're not recognizing seasons in terms of climate or weather, there's absolutely an energetic shift around the 4th of July, Thanksgiving, totally. New Year. So right. if tax season. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be necessarily our calendar in terms of what is the weather like. But we also have seasons in terms of holidays and holidays. School, when you've got kids in school. Yeah, and it's totally palpable. You know, uh, when kids go back to school, you can Mm -hmm. sort of feel that if if you have a morning commute, it's more Mm -hmm. obvious because people are either back in their routine Mm -hmm. and traffic is crazy, or in the summer, kids are out of school and you don't have the same sort of thing happening. Oh, I remember this summer we got, my daughter and I got way off schedule because she was out of school, we were staying up late, sleeping in late, Mm -hmm. and then we had to condition ourselves to get back into that. It would have been so much easier if we didn't get off track. Yeah, and that had like the energy of summer. It did. And you can can think like, or if you've ever had a time where you you think, it feels like a Wednesday, you know? All the time. There's sort of like an energy that you feel. So it's it may not be always something that you're witnessing and or even in a tangible way. Sure. It's like that feeling state that you want to honor a transition between as well. Right. Oh, I think that's important. Even during the day, there's we've got a day cycle. It's like, oh my gosh, is it only 11 a.m.? It feels like it's 4. Right. Right? And so mm-hmm. just keep... Oh, this is, gosh, this is fascinating. My mind is just going a mile a minute. I can't even keep up. (laughs) So so, uh, your book talks a lot about self-care. These routines are important. Mm -hmm. Do you delve into the different foods and herbs and things at all in the book? I I do. I didn't want this to just be sort of, and I hesitate to say, another book that just essentially is offering dietary advice, although that's very attractive. Well, that's part of the whole Ayurvedic system. But I also think that if, if we're trying to emphasize self-care or routine, we have to step away from the idea that, you know, it's not just about what you're eating. And Thank so I, you. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Right. I think I, I oftentimes have people come in and you can tell that what they want is just for me to hand over a list of things for them to eat and not to eat. Mm-hmm. And I say, like, 
I'll give you some of that, but first I need to make sure you're eating regularly at these different right mm -hmm. and keeping it within certain time frames and doing that every day and making lunch your biggest meal. So I do in the book provide food lists. And I do that in terms of both constitution and season, just so people kind of are aware of seasonal eating is really, really important. I mean, even for our microbiome, yeah. it's really important um, because what the different foods that are offered during different times right. of year provide different things for our gut and how we digest. So it's, that's really, really important. And so you, right. you have these lists that are sort of based off of constitutions or doshas, as we call them, but they're also merged together with how we're eating for the season. Mm -hmm. And then herbs, uh, I do talk about herbs and also herbs in terms of medicinal herbs that we may not use in cooking. Oh, but sure. then I really place more emphasis on culinary spices because that's something I think is also overlooked, that if I have nutmeg in my kitchen mm -hmm. and I'm having trouble sleeping, I could put nutmeg in something before I go to bed and it because it's a sedative, right? And I think that's much you're much more likely to find nutmeg than you are valerian in someone's kitchen. Right. Or passion flower, oat flower, or whatever it is that, yeah. or oat straw, or whatever it is that you're, that you're having. So it's like, why not use some of the things that we already have available to us instead of, and it is fun to be like, I'm gonna go pick up some ashwagandha because it's a, an adaptogen, <laughs> you know. But those are harder to work with, and you know, everything sort of has. It's, well, and they don't have that at the high V. Yeah. You, they might now. <laughs> but, <laughs> True. But, but right, yeah, but it, it's like, well, what can you do just by, I love the idea of having a medicinal mm -hmm. drink every day, so kind of like, whether that is in the morning or in the evening or, or a really great time is in the middle of the day, you just stop and say, like, how am I feeling right now? You know, I could use a little bit of energy or I'm kind of cold. What can I put mm -hmm. into this that will warm me up and help to circulate things throughout my, my body? So. Right. I think that when we can pull things and learn about what we already have, just in our kitchen cabinet, it's uh -huh. so much easier. Oh, that's a great idea because, I mean, how many of us have spices in our cabinets that it's like we bought for a recipe? And then you don't use them. Right. Yeah. You yeah, might want to throw could. them away. They might, that's true. They, <laughs> they do may expire. Not be, they, you know, they're still safe to consume, but they lose their potency. Absolutely. But, but yeah, why not if, well, why if you're not? using it for cooking or, or, yeah. or if you like cookies let's say like choose right. a cookie recipe that has some of those in it and then you can use it as a medicinal <laughs> treat. Love that. that is wonderful yeah. yeah because of course we were talking about discipline earlier and you know this concept of oh discipline means rigid mm -hmm. and self-denying but you know you can get your herbs and your spices and your medicinal, mm -hmm. medicinal stuff, medicinal stuff yeah. into something that you enjoy eating. I think that's a that's a wonderful idea and something that maybe we don't we don't think of. It doesn't occur to us and so it's not denying ourselves anything. Right. Right. right? Or, you know, one thing that that I always had to kind of remind myself, I love to be spontaneous and to just in the moment say like, "Oh, I do want to go to this event. You know, I don't want to commit to it ahead of time in case I don't feel like it. Right. But, but later on, maybe I do. And so I realized that that was limiting me from having some structure. So I had to sort of, sort of start saying to myself that structure creates space for spontaneity. And so in oh, the same way that right. you are talking about, like, let's enjoy some stuff. It's like having some discipline around what you're doing in other ways creates this ability for you to have freedom in what you're choosing to That's do or what you're choosing to Right, because we, you know, we think of, oh, well, I would really love to, well, we're coming up, we're going to go down to Joplin and see the spook light. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a late night. Yeah. And then I've got church the next morning. So, you know, trying to reserve the energy. And so right. as someone who exercises a lot of disciplines, like I need to be in bed at a certain time, I need to wake up at a certain time that might cause a little bit of conflict in terms mm -hmm. of that spontaneity, but, mm -hmm. you know, but you do but have, then the you have the energy for it. But you have the energy right. for it, exactly. Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational, heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, Please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. 
That way you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Oh, another point I was going to make is that, you know, self-care sometimes gets this kind of self-indulgent type of air about it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I'm getting a Mm mani-pedi. That's my self-care. Well, no, that's a luxury. That's that's an indulgence, right? right? But self-care is not really an indulgence, is it? So I've I've started looking at this because I I do feel like that is care, right? We're looking at self-care in terms of how do we make, like, even if it's just like, how do you feel happier? How does your soul Mm -hmm. feel better? So I've started talking about self-care as sort of being this this continuum where at one end you have self-indulgence and then at the other end you have self-discipline and then in the center you have self-care. So we're kind of like bouncing back and forth where it's like this is really all self-care but it can't just be and it doesn't need to be because think about how many people like I I can't necessarily get a pedicure I I don't get pedicures but if if I, I should but if I if I wanted to get a pedicure every week or month or you know I know people that do that and it's like I that's not in the cards for me so that feels indulgent Right. Right. But for other people, that that. might be something that is, they feel more nice. Or if it's affordable for someone. But Mm -hmm. if you're someone that can't do that or you don't have the extra funds for that, it shouldn't mean like, well, can't take care of myself because I can't afford Afford or like I can't buy these crystals to do this special meditation. So I guess I can't care for myself. Right, right. right. And that's not it at all. That's not it at all because we can practice self-care every day Mm -hmm. in many different ways. It can be breathing. I love your technique where you just sit in your car for three to five minutes and you breathe yourself into this next transition. That is self-care. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a massage, right? right? It doesn't have to be a manicure. Mm -hmm. So, so many different ways to to practice self-care and it is so important. Yes. (laughs) Now, I was telling you, I had another guest on who, uh, Lisa Adams, who is another practitioner who wrote the book, um, America's Healthcare Crisis. It's not what you think. It's that our first responders, our uh, emergency room personnel are stressed and are not practicing mm-hmm. or not able to practice self-care. So, right. um, so it's important for everybody, mm-hmm. everybody, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I want to know a little bit m- more about your story, mm-hmm. how you got to Ayurvedics, mm-hmm. being this Midwestern, blonde-haired <laughs> woman. <laughs> how did you turn to this mm-hmm. ancient Indian practice? Mm-hmm. Ayurveda, if you don't know, is the sister science to yoga. Oh, and interesting. Right. So yoga right. also being a practice that comes from India. Ayurveda right. comes from India. In fact, Ayurveda originates from South India in an area called Kerala. Hmm. And, yeah, that's very far away from the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> so you're right. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like, huh, how does that happen? Right. But I started practicing yoga Sort of like I think most people come, many people come to yoga initially as either I'm going to do this for my body or I'm going to do this for stress relief, right? Mm-hmm. And yoga is really much a practice about turning inward. And so essentially if you're using your body, mm-hmm. it's fine if you're coming to it for physical benefit, but you also will realize that drawing awareness to your body through this more mindful movement is actually about creating more internal awareness. So, mm. so yoga has has something that I think we kind of are missing sometimes in the, in our Western culture, where yoga is a practice of turning turning inward, and then Ayurveda, as it being the sister science, is coupled with it as more of like the medicine and, and sort of a physical practice, but yet again oh, okay. not neglecting. So it's almost like they're the flip, right? We use our body right. to turn inward. And then in Ayurveda, we're using the internal in terms of keeping us healthy. Sure. So, so we could say very loosely that yoga is about mind or, or inner, and Ayurveda is more about body or outer. Mm, nice. And 
as a chiropractor, what I noticed is that as I was learning more about Ayurveda is that chiropractic care often also is about just the musculoskeletal system, which is pretty much how I practice chiropractic care. So I'm not necessarily saying that you can't see a chiropractor for the flu. I definitely think that if you had a weakened immune system, it's something that could help. But I'm using chiropractic care more as like, oh, my joints hurt or muscles hurt, I have neck pain. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's more of who I'm treating or a shoulder injury or ankle injury. But as a chiropractor, you're really educated in a way that you learn, you know, conditions far beyond that. We have neuroscience and we have, we even have obstetric courses and gynecology oh, and, yes. you know, so we have everything and we learn, um, to diagnose ear infections and really? we do eye exams, like all of these things are included in the, you know, you have to have everything for like basically what you would go to a doctor for a physical for, right? So right. that's something that we are educated to do. But yeah, when you look at what we have to treat, mm-hmm. it's our adjustment, right? Right. Our um, chiropractic manipulation. And again, like the intent is that that does something to our nervous system and then that helps us, right? right? It removes an interference which I think is possible, but I wanted something more. You know, it's like, I know these different conditions, but how can I find the bridge between what I know in terms of our health internally and externally? And it was Ayurveda that, you know, it, it does deal with the musculoskeletal system, but it's helping if, if I know about digestive conditions because I learned it in chiropractic college also, now I've learned it through Ayurveda school, and I can treat in a way that Ayurveda has recommended. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it just adds more tools to your toolkit totally. and fills in some of the gaps, it sounds like. Yeah. That, I mean, chiropractic is wonderful, and I fully mm-hmm. believe in chiropractic, but there can be some holes there, too. Sure, sure. Right. So that's, you know, there aren't many, there, there actually is a school in Iowa um, that I did not go to, but, and that would have been the closest as a Midwesterner, but right. I wanted to get a different kind of experience than what that school offered. So being in the Midwest, that was a little bit limited. So I commuted to California once a month. I remember yeah, that. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's a lot of travel, mm-hmm. right? But, yeah. um, you know, you wanted to study with the best. And yeah. And to be in person, which I think there are so many virtual courses right. now, and I think that's wonderful because how many people can now learn about things that they wouldn't have had the the access to. But I just knew that these teachers have something to offer me that if I yeah. don't have them in front of me, I can't, I'm not going to receive it like in its entirety. Right. I mean, and there's there is distance learning. Um, I've been on both ends of that mm-hmm. as a teacher and a, a student. Um, and having been a college teacher, I know that no two people learn alike, mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. everybody learns in distance learning. Right. Sometimes you really have to be there. Yeah, it, it requires discipline. <laughs> discipline. <laughs> I know. I am, I'm really glad we did not go with radiate discipline. I think <laughs> it could have sent some wrong messages. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. It, it has an accountability, let's right. say that. Right. Right? And right. so, well, and I think that's a really good way to put discipline in terms of this is accountability. Mm-hmm. And that just occurred to me just mm-hmm. right now that um, we're accountable to ourselves. We're accountable to the people around us. We're accountable mm-hmm. to our body. Mm-hmm. Um, something I did want to talk about, and this has always fasc- fascinated me, is the constitutions, the doshas. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Doshas. Yeah. And so these are, you know, we hear about eat for your body type, eat for your blood type, or just are you this type of person? Um, So the doshas are kind of a constitution and they're very individual. Mm -hmm. So can you tell just a little bit about the doshas for somebody who might not know? Mm -hmm. So doshas are, I guess, to give a little bit more info so that it's not overly confusing is that you sort of have to understand that Ayurveda works from nature, that the recognition of like we are a part of nature where there's no separation. Mm -hmm. And there's also the notion that nature is comprised of five elements, which are space or ether, air, fire, water, and earth. Mm -hmm. And these elements are present in everything in nature, which then also means everyone. Right? Right, because we're part of nature. Yeah. 
But if you say, well, everything has all these elements, why, why doesn't everything look the same? And it's because it's expressed in different ways or to varying degrees, mm -hmm. which then means we also, also have that same thing. So the doshas are actually purely an explanation of how those elements exist in us individually. Okay. And so the three constitutions, which are vata, pitta, and kapha, mm -hmm. um, are really made up of elements, vata being ether and air, pitta being fire and water, and kapha being um, water and earth. So it's sort of saying, how much fire do you have? How much water do you have? And, and there are a couple of ways that this is talked about. One is that there's your inherent constitution, which is determined upon conception. So it's dependent upon the health of your parents, the day of the week, the time of day, the planetary alignments, um, what kind of sex was it? Like, basically everything wrapped around this idea of that one moment that you were conceived, which is why there's never another you, right? Even if yeah. you have siblings, that DNA isn't the, it's, it's, you know, it's not quite right. the same. So, so that inherent constitution never changes, and that's your elemental makeup that when you can stay within balance of that, so if I have X amount of fire, I will always feel best when that amount of fire is present, not in excess, nor in nor is it subdued. Balanced, yeah. right? So it doesn't mean you need equal amounts of every element. It means you need whatever you came into this world with. Oh, interesting. And then the other thing, which gets confusing, and where I think more people get confused in in, in the way of I don't know what my constitution is, right? Is that you experience imbalances. And imbalances mean that you have accumulated more of an element than you you need, than, mm -hmm. than what you have. So in, in a, um, you know, if you're flying somewhere, you're moving through the air, so it's like chalk, chalk, you know, air element increases. Interesting. And then you're often served like pretzels, which are dry like air. Okay. So there goes another air element increased. Um, you're breathing a different type of air. Mm -hmm. You may drink a carbonated beverage which has air. And I know that this is maybe not everyone's experience, but just to give you like the epitome of. Right. So you're already doing all of these different air-like things. Mm -hmm. So chances are when you get off of that plane, you have excess air, which could right. be literally like feeling gassy, gassy or bloated, bloated, which many mm -hmm. people do, or constipated when they travel. Mm -hmm. Um, but it could be in another way, or maybe you feel dry, which we talk about as being a, a, a symptom of excess air. So, so you have your dosha, and dosha can be talked about as your inherent constitution, but we also talk about doshic imbalances. Oh, so it's very individualized, which is why sure that's, is. that's so hard. And I'm, you know, I've been working, trying to figure out a way for people to really understand that on their own though it's best to see someone right because you don't you can't really get it exactly on your own well, you could also cut your own hair but that might yeah. not be <laughs> right 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 so exactly <laughs> yeah it's like you can give yourself a massage but you can only you're feeling from the inside and the outside and it's like how can you be the one to decide exactly what, when you or can't, can't reach, reach. Things. right exactly. exactly so it's the same sort of idea that someone else is going to be able to interpret this much better, but it is really empowering once you know. So having an idea, and, and I often tell people that, that maybe they can't get to someone, you know, they want to know, what's my dosha? I say, well, could you learn about the elements and understand the elements and how they're mm -hmm. present in you? And that's the best place to start, because right. if you know what air is like and, and you know what fire is like, and you know what the earth is like, and you can go, well, you know, I'm pretty fiery. Then it's like, well, we don't want to add to the fire. Right. Not too much. You know? Not too much. Just keep it in right. balance. Right. So that's yeah. a much easier way to get from A to B than to go through what's a dosha, what's the constitution, what is your constitution, what is in balance, what is out of balance. Right. It's just more to look at all of them and to kind of understand in every moment even, like, how do I feel right now? Do I feel right. dry right now? Right. Okay, well then we need to do something to combat dryness. 
I'm wondering if cravings have anything to do with that, like what your body's telling mm-hmm. you it needs. Like sometimes I'll crave hot sauce. Right. Right? So I'm maybe needing more fire. Is that okay how that kind of works generally? It works in two ways. Okay. When you're in balance, you mm-hmm. crave what you need. Mm-hmm. When you're out of balance, you crave what pulls you deeper into the imbalance. Right. And the best example, I like to try to use examples, and quite frankly, my examples are usually ones that you can <laughs> roll your eyes at. Um, they're not the best, but as for myself, I'm not really a runner, but I like to go out and run sometimes. And once I get in the routine of running, it feels good, and I crave running. Yes. Right? Because right. it's making me feel better. Mm-hmm. But let's say I have to skip it one day, and I'm still craving it, because I'm like, that'll make me feel better. And not craving in an obsessive way, but it's like, right. that, that made me feel better. So the second day, let's say I have to miss again, and it's like, okay, now I'm really craving it, because I still need it. Mm-hmm. But after a while, sitting on a couch might feel really good. <laughs> you know? Right. And it's like, well, maybe in that phase of running a lot, sitting on the couch would have been great for me one day, Mm -hmm. but now that I'm out of balance Mm -hmm. and sitting around all the time, it's like, well, yeah, that feels really good. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's sort of like that's pulling you down deeper when you don't feel well. When you don't feel good. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's also like candida when Mm -hmm. the body has candida. Right, you're craving things that feed it rather than craving things that are going to get you out of it. Yeah, or if you've ever had the experience of maybe being in sort of a health funk and then you get back on track and you're like, I'm exercising, and you get done exercising, you don't feel like having a milkshake. Right. Because that doesn't doesn't sound good, right? Right. But if you're sitting around all the time, it kind of sounds good, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so it's helpful to know like mm-hmm. what a little bit about yeah you know, like why are you feeling good and if you're right. feeling really well then those cravings probably are your intuition saying you need more of this lady yeah right <laughs> but if you're not feeling good we probably can't trust that as much it's sort of like our senses have become um, a bit cloudy right. Yeah. Well, and I know that's a bit, sim- I mean, the way we're talking about it and explaining it might be a little simple, but it could be maybe a good rule of thumb, mm-hmm. but really we need to get in front of someone who knows right. this, right. Right? right? That would be a good way to just take a deeper dive into mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just really feel at our best. So that's a that's a great, it's a great way to look at it. I like, I like that because I kind of like simple, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And then take a deeper dive when we're ready to learn more, when we're ready to really right. explore it. You know, right. when we're in the thick of it, in our day, it's kind of hard to have that discipline. Yeah. Right? Right. You know, so right. I like things that we're, what, what can I actually do? What, I'm, mm-hmm. what am I actually going to do? Mm-hmm. Right? That's mm-hmm. great. And so the Ayurvedic Self-Help Handbook, where can mm-hmm. we get that? It's actually available in bookstores. So, like, you know, the Woo-hoo! spiel is it's available where books are sold. Right. <laughs> I love that phrase. Mm-hmm. So you can get it, you know, in person, but you can also order online. Obviously, our biggest bookseller online right now is yes, Amazon. Amazon. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, here in Kansas City, and we mm-hmm. have listeners all over the place, but here in Kansas City, we've got this wonderful bookstore, Rainy Day Books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like the last holdout of a bookstore. Right. <laughs> we need right, our right, Rainy Day Books. Right. And so we can find it there as yeah, well. Yeah, and there's also just little stores around here and there, and you know, like, I'll get a message from someone that says, I was in New York, and I was in a little, you know, in, like, eco-friendly store, and I came across your book, or I was in a a store that had to do with, like, moms, and healthy moms, and I saw your book, so it's sort of, yeah, yeah, our little, like, you know, more niche stores are also... Right. And did you have a publisher for it, or did you self-publish? It is published through The Experiment, which is an independent publisher. Love it. Yeah, so it's, a, it's it was published through traditional publishing. and Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a fantastic mm-hmm. thing. Wonderful. And it helps with distribution right. and everything else, right? right? Because right. distribution is hard. Mm-hmm. But and your, and your practice is SAGE, chiropractic, and say the full name Sage again? SAGE, Center for Yoga and Healing Arts. 
Sage yeah. Center for Yoga and Healing Arts. Beautiful yeah. space in downtown Kansas City. Mm -hmm. It's really large and lovely. We've got a lot going on. And so what is the website for Sage? Sage is experience sage.com. Mm -hmm. sage We'll put that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Are you on the social medias? Yes. Yes. How <laughs> can we find you on the social medias? So you can find Sage on social media on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, good. And we have different handles. Um, it's Sage Center KC on Instagram and Experience Sage on Facebook. Fantastic. Yeah. And then my personal, um, I have a website, which is S-A-R-A-H, Sarah with an H. And then Sarah with an H. Yep. And then Kuchera, K-U-C-E-R-A dot com. Good. And then Instagram is usually where I am most, and it's yeah. Sarah underscore Kuchera. Yeah, we can even put all of these handles yeah. in the show it's notes. A lot to remember. <laughs> it's a lot to remember. We want to make it easy. Yeah. And then can you find your book on your website as well, the Sarah yes. Kuchera? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think I butchered your name at the beginning. No. You didn't sure it wasn't butchered. <laughs> happens all the time. Yeah. Happens all the time. Well, Sarah Kuchera, mm -hmm. thank you so much for being on. Mm -hmm. And thank I really you. appreciate it. So this fun. has been a great yeah. conversation and I urge everybody to visit SarahKuchera.com the Experience Sage website, and the Ayur Ayurvedic, I know I'm going to get this right one day, Ayurvedic Self-Care Handbook. Thank you so much. Thank you. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area, dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.